Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Emma Bowers. And today we have back uh, one of our favorite people in the world. It's been too long of Chapo Trap House. Felix Biederman, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me again. I think the last time we did an episode, it was like three years ago. It has been way too long. Yeah, way, way too long. And But we're going to be talking about uh, the same thing we talked about the, our last couple episodes, and that is, of course, video games. Uh, we're going to get into, you know, what we've been playing, because there ain't shit else to fucking do <laughs> to play a uh, video game. Felix, um, did you foresee the rise of the world of the gamer uh, coming? And it, 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 like, we knew the apocalypse was coming. We didn't know it was a viral apocalypse that has just turned everyone into a streamer or a gamer instead of a zombie, basically. <laughs> I, I can't say I knew exactly what was coming this year but i thought the next few years you know years prior that there would be maybe some event that would force everyone indoors but i always thought it would be climate related Mm, right not either either way you know we've all been training our entire lives for this uh and finally You know, my my skills uh, uh, are worth something, really. You know, finally, like, it feels like uh, uh, a whole life was spent, uh, and, it, and it matters. And so, uh, Jack, I do want to ask you uh, a game I know you've been playing recently, and we, we talked about it a little bit. Me and Emma talked about it on our first uh, Impressions episode, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't on the episode, so how how you feel about it? How, how are you liking it? I finally went back and played through all of Death Stranding. I never beat it when it was on PlayStation. PlayStation 4, but I got it on the, you know, the Steam sale this year. And, you know, I I guess, you know, the most obvious thing to say is like, I ha- like Kojima never misses. Like this man, like m- like not only predicted nine eleven, but somehow predicted COVID world. Like, <laughs> and, and this is a game. Like when I first played it, like I almost was kind of like, all right, Hideo, like this is a little too weird, man. Like this is like not really like connected to the world that I know. But now I'm playing it, and I'm like, wow, this like. This feels like it, it even, it's, it's the world I'm in, but I have a purpose. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like COVID world, but I, but people need me to do something. You know what I mean? Which is kind of nice. Uh, I get to like help rebuild the, the, you know, the, the roads and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I fucking had a blast, um, you know, getting through the storyline and I think the story of it is really great. Uh, but I also got, I've gotten really into just the like, I, I still play it. I've been playing the post game and I'm just building all the roads and, driving around like a fucking uber driver you know what i mean like i'm just like doing postmates in like a a broken world there's something there's something very relaxing about death stranding um and maybe even more so uh uh in the world that we're in now uh felix did you uh ever get a chance to play it it's uh it's on my docket Uh, i i will say what i always say when people ask me when i'm gonna play it i'll get to it when i get to it uh i don't yeah no i just I haven't felt the strong impulse to play it yet, and I don't want to play it until I feel the strong impulse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, early quarantine was great for me. Like, <laughs> it was, I mean, like, I'm ideally positioned for mm-hmm. a quarantine, but me and a lot of my friends got very into CSGO, mm. and I've, I've been playing that game about a year at this point, and uh, 
I really, really like it's annoying like any competitive shooter when you get online and you play with fills, but when you five stack with your friends, it can be so mm-hmm. great and there's so much to learn. I mean, the game has literally been around over twenty years and there's just so much depth to it. Like I do I've been very deep in the uh chasm of online sort of ranked shooters a lot. Mm-hmm. But this past month like around actually new year's i uh i like pulled my back i have a spot on my wall that's dirty because i do handstand push-ups there and i was swiffering it and uh <laughs> it's not the handstand push-ups that did you in it was the, swif- <laughs> swif- it was the swiffering <laughs> well i mean there might have been a cumulative effect because <laughs> sure. i've hurt i've hurt my back before, but i like pulled it really bad and i had to get like a cortisol shot and all this shit and i i mean i guess gyms were closed anyway in new york but mm-hmm. yeah and I just, uh, a lot of my CSGO friends were playing Tarkov and shit, and I just, like, I was just inside all day, so I was like, well, oh, fuck it, I, uh, I tried something totally different. Like, I haven't really played a campaign game in a while, and I got Sekiro. I made the mistake of playing it on a TV first. Mm-hmm. Very easy mistake to make, because it's such a beautiful game, mm-hmm. and I almost fucking rage quit fighting the Chained Ogre. That's oh. when I brought it over to the monitor, and now I love it. I fucking love it. You need those extra FPS. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw you tweeting about how much you were loving Sekiro, and I was like, man, I need to like re- get this reinstalled and play it some more. It's one of my like favorite games I've ever uh, played. I'm a huge, huge uh, from software or fan, of course, but it was so different. It it was so it was very difficult for me uh, when I first started playing it because I'm so used to the the old Dark Souls pace where you're just kind of, you know, dodge rolling around the enemy until you can hit them in the back. And Sekiro is like, no, fuck that. You have to like you have to attack. You have to advance. But I I, I really, really love that game. and think it was absolutely uh, amazing. The posture system is like one of the coolest innovations I've seen in a game like that. It's I anyone here that played Ninja Gaiden on Xbox? I played yes. it and you know uh, and and rage quit that game. I absolutely. <laughs> it was a tough game. I, I adored that game, and I you know it, it, they're obviously quite different in combat, but they're sort of similar in the type of game they are, and you know the difficulty that people ascribe to them, but. I yeah, I haven't felt this way about this type of game since Ninja Gaiden on Xbox. And it's like, yeah, it's very it can be really frustrating when you start, but like once you sort of like it clicks, it's like I've I've um, you know, I, the only thing it's comparable to in gaming is like for me, if you have like a ranked CS:GO game like face it usually and you're losing it by like eight rounds and you come back to win, but like beating Janichiro was like it, it <laughs> like felt like that times ten somehow, and it's it's weird. I'm a pretty competitive person, so I like love shooters like that. But it's like this is in some ways more satisfying. It's amazing. Yeah, I played it when it first came out, and I do remember being too frustrated by it. But just hearing about it now again, like it, I guess that I I find that there might be some appeal in getting the shit kicked out of me. Like it just feels like uh, uh, it might be worth reinstalling. Yeah, it's like you know, 
you get such satisfaction from this game because you actually, it feels like you're actually learning a skill. Obviously you're not. You're, you're just learning how, what buttons to press at the right time. Wait, excuse me. Gaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad news for me because I have some life plans after I play Yakuza Zero next. <laughs> I'm doing a career change. <laughs> but but it, it, it does give you that sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. Like the same thing you said about Death Stranding where you're delivering package to people or you're you know helping you know to restore the rightful ruler of a, of imperial japan and <laughs> uh, sekiro like if it, it just gaming gives you this sense uh can give you this sense of like all right my efforts actually amount to something and that's especially true with i think the from software games because they're legitimately difficult and you actually have to figure out uh you have to master it. you can't just you know plow your uh way through them like you can like an assassin's creed or whatever and i've recently played a little bit of the modern assassin's creed and the funny thing is they're trying to be a lot more like dark souls with the combat and mm. make it harder only problem is those games are like a hundred thousand hours long yes so like i don't think anybody ever finishes them like you play it for like 15 20 hours and then you just move on to the new ones out by the time <laughs> you've got like 20 <laughs> hours in so yeah, those are the those are the new Maddens. Assassin's Creed. I um, I did see someone play the new the Viking one, mm-hmm. the Varg one on uh, a PS5, <laughs> and I was like, this looks f- fucking kind of cool. And it's probably the reason I got Sekiro because it was like after that I like tried to get a PS5 and then I realized they were completely sold out. Yeah, like everywhere. And I was like, am I really going to do this just to play an Assassin's Creed game? Like, I know. I played, like, <laughs> ten of them. I know what they're like, even right. if it looks good because of the PS5. The guy the guy who was playing it was like, yo, if you want, my friend will deliver it to you for $800. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, eh, I don't want to do that. Not that much. Uh, but, yeah, it's like, oh, I want to play some game like that. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess really I've been rediscovering single player games and the, it, it's all I used to play because like, mm-hmm. no, it used to be, you know, when I was a kid that very few people could sustain the connection needed for an mm-hmm. online competitive experience. And no, yeah, they, I mean, they're kind of the best games. As, as much as I love Counter-Strike and shit, they're kind of the best. Yeah, I've always been like a single player uh, game. I, yeah. you know, I, every so often I'll get really into like one uh, first person shooter. I think the, I can't even remember the last one I really dropped, you know, more than 10, 15 hours on maybe like the kill zone for, that sure. came out with like PS4. Yeah. Like Apex, Apex, I put a lot of hours. Apex, I guess. Like, there's yeah. a lot of these online games I'll play, but at a certain point, I'm just like, I feel like I'm on like a rat on a wheel or something. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing here? I'm not going to like become a professional you know what i mean like what the hell am I, like what what do i do what are we all doing here at a certain point the way i feel about online competitive games um i i, I think like a five man is the best something like counter-strike mm. or so or over I, I don't really like games like overwatch or apex where i know they're very different games like yeah. ones of br but like what I mean is games with a super high TTK. I hate that. I've never liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's time to kill for nine uh, gamer listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they a great five man game like Rainbow Six or something. Mm-hmm. I oh, love it. Great. It's a beautiful game. Probably the best gunplay in any game right now. But uh, 
I like it. I think it's essential to have five people you five stack with because I think it's solo queuing. I know a lot of people who are freaks and they're like great at every one of these games. They're like, like my friend Paul is like that. And they just, they, my friend Davis is like, like they're just, I think some people just have the snap down. And they could just snap on everyone's head. Their crosshair placement's perfect. They instantly understand maps. And they can solo queue and they have a good time with it because it's like they don't get that anxiety of like, oh, sometimes I play bad, sometimes I play good. I don't like want to get yelled at. <laughs> right. But for the most part, I play better when I'm with my friends because there's you don't feel as self-conscious and it's also like you have a rapport with them. Like most people you meet randomly in online games, they could be like fucked up or rude or french canadian so all of those things <laughs> the worst a lot of those in rainbow six that's the biggest problem in that game and i think at its best what it feels like is i am solving like a a puzzle in real time with my friends like if you have a team mm-hmm. that plays really well like in siege if they know exactly how their operator works or exactly what choke points in the map exactly what wall bangs or in CS, if they know their smokes really well and they, they're great at faking you out, they have great reads on your team or, you know, Valorant, same thing with that. It is, it's like an insurmountable puzzle. It's like Sekiro when you're like, how the fuck can I beat this boss or souls for that matter? And when you do, when you do figure this out, like, oh, this guy always like jiggle peeks here. We can f- fake it here. And you do a collaborative thing where you like flash your teammate mm-hmm. or whatever the equivalent is in Rainbow Six and you win. You like come back. It's an amazing feeling because you work together with your friends mm-hmm. to solve this. And like, I, 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 there are some, a lot of like competitive games where you just, it's a very solitary effort. It's like baseball kind of where it's like the team has to and the team has to win but it's the most individualistic team sport. I like something more where it's I guess I would compare it to like soccer where it's like you kind of all have to work together mm-hmm. and there can't really be a weak link in the chain. Like yeah, maybe some people don't have as as good aim as others, but if you're all working in unison like that, you're all coordinated, it's almost indescribable how it feels. I have a friend too, and I, 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 this is not how I feel, but I do relate to this, who feels lonely playing single player games, uh, uh, who like gets so much out of like the sort of social aspects of online gaming that like when he tries to play a single player campaign, he's like, I, I just want to fucking be talking to other people while I'm gaming. And so, you know, I, 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 I kind of agree with you that like, you know, coming together with people and using your brains together that like can transcend maybe higher than the single player experience can. But also I like a single player experience because it's lower stress and I don't get in trouble and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I can hit alt F4 and be done with it if I want to be done with it for the moment. Uh, like I, when I played league for a long time, you know, that was fun. But I would get just get caught in these like hour long games where I'm like I I'm like I hate every minute of this. We're not winning from the very <laughs> beginning, and this just sucks. Um, I think it's interesting that you're talking about um, you know games where you collaborate on some level, and I have the worst time with them. I can only play single player games like Animal Crossing, and that is not a competitive <laughs> game. You have <laughs> friends, and you can you go can to visit each other's island. thing. Yeah, I hate. I hated going to someone's island and I didn't know like the social etiquette. I was like, am I supposed to bring something or what? And my friend's like, I'll come over to island. I'll give you like a recipe. And I was like, what do 
I do? Am I, and I just, I hate it. It took like 30 minutes for the little dodos to get in the airplane. And I don't know. I, I find it weird, but something about games, I'm really antisocial with them. Hmm. And I like it that way. There was the big Among Us craze and all my buddies were like, let's do it. I'm like, no. <laughs> but that's like doing a phone call that's a phone call is what that is no i I refuse i refuse to like do it i just feel awkward i feel stressed even if it's a friend's i just rather like sit in the dark and make roads and death stranding (laughs) (laughs) i know i do know what you mean because like i do unless i feel like really on in cs i won't solo queue because it's like you're just gonna run into well, people like to say, oh, the player base is uh, like, oh, everyone's awful. But it's like, f- the problem is more than anything is that you're dealing with like 18 through 22 year olds, mm-hmm. 18 through 22 year old men who like have enough resources to have a decent gaming PC. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're going to be fucking awful until they're like 27. Right, a- right. And it's like, when I feel like I'm playing well, it's like, fine, whatever. Like they're annoying. They like speak in memes and shit that I think yes. is lame. And they're like, Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they'll get like weirdly intense or fucking whatever, but it's like, if I felt like I played well and I was well coordinated with them, it's like, well, cool. That's like a cool experience that I have with a stranger who's quite different from me. But when it's bad, like, this is a problem. So in CS, there's this thing called face hit, right? Because, uh, in regular matchmaking, you only play in 64 tick, but on face hit, it, does something where they have their own servers so you can play in 128 tick. Way smoother, way better. You can hit a lot of things that you wouldn't hit on 64. It's a better experience. It's better in a lot of other ways. Um, but a problem I have on Face It is I'll queue in North America and it's like all of like three teammates who are like from Peru on 200 ping. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't speak English. And it's like, all right, well, this is just like a because the game is like 45 minutes, and it's like, well, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I lost Elo. You can get Elo back, but it's like that was just I didn't learn anything. <laughs> like, uh, with 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 regard to like you know the sort of toxicity of online games, that doesn't really bother me. What bothers yeah. me is actually that I feel I deserve the toxicity. It's <laughs> oh, like no. I, I'm like these kids are right and i deserve to be treated this way for doing bad (laughs) well i'm i'm delusional so that helps me so like i i had a like i've uh yeah i've been playing this game for about a year right and i obviously was very bad when i started and then like i had a lot of friends who were deep into it and they were very patient with me showing me how to do shit and i'm like i'm okay i'd say i'm like a pretty average player like i'm close to like level five on face it which is fairly middle of the road to regular bad and uh it's but just sometimes you have like a bad fucking game Mm -hmm. you just you lay an egg and uh i got like uh for people who know about cs i had a face it game on mirage where i had um like 48 dar (laughs) like just all that means like (laughs) I'm averaging under half a kill every round. <laughs> just dog shit. And, like, it wasn't totally my fault. I was playing for, you know, the real CS nerds out there. I was playing uh, A slash Con on uh, Mirage, and the guy Cat Mid just didn't call out anything. So I was constantly just getting smoked from uh, top mid and shit. But uh, I. It, it was mostly me laying an egg. Like, I could admit that. And <laughs> one of the guys on our team was, like, nearly a level seven. He was pretty good. But he was, like, you know, like a kid, like, 19, 20. 
and he was just like tearing into me for sucking shit. He's like, try clicking your mouse. But the, the, the fact that I'm delusional helps me because I'm like, immediately after I'm like, no, none of that was my fault. He's a, he's actually, you're actually the one that sucks, pal. Fuck you. Like, if I was less delusional, I would probably feel the way you do. But I, I luckily have this uh, bubble of undeserved confidence. <laughs> Emma, what have you been playing? Uh, speaking of games where you die over and over again, and uh, <laughs> um, I've been playing Hades. I finally got into oh, the, the oh, Hades sure. band. Yeah, um, and I was really anxious because I feel like a lot of my games are usually kind of like the triple A ones, and it's like open world or like you know Metal Gear, like kind of basic action games. And I was like, I've never played a roguelike. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, <laughs> am I gonna suck? And everyone was just like, Yes. But that's why the game is good. <laughs> um, and it is insanely, insanely addictive. And it's really rewarding because, I mean, intentionally the way the game is designed is the first couple of runs, you just eat shit constantly over mm-hmm. and over. And it's really rewarding, actually, to come in like the 60th time and just mop the floor <laughs> with like everybody. <laughs> um, I just think it's great, like super, super fun game, just really creative. Um, and it's shocking, like the level of like talent and work like they put into it. It's a small little indie team. I think they it's were beautiful. in development like three years. And I like this too, because there's a big controversy now where even games and me and Leslie both really like The Last of Us too, but they had absolutely like horrific labor practices there. Like just like horrible instances of crunch. And it's interesting to read about Supergiant and a lot of it is just, we take our time. We want a vacation, take a vacation. And it's really rewarding to I think one play a game that's good, but also not feel like this weird guilt, like how many men died. (laughs) (laughs) That is the topic of crunch in these big expensive games is interesting to me because I think one of the greatest modern tragedies in games is the unfinishedness of uh, Phantom Pain. Mm. And there's other stuff besides crunch going on there, like, you know, the disputes between Konami and Kojima, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I, this is one of those things where it's like, yeah, when I was 13, it's like, I didn't even think about it. It's like, fuck you, make your fucking game. I wish I could work (laughs) in a game company. (laughs) Fuck you, fucking piece of shit. (laughs) But now it's like, you know, A, primarily from like a labor rights standpoint, it's like, yeah, no, no one should have to work like fucking 60 hour weeks and like be in the sleep in the office to finish a fucking game or anything. But, also, like, you get better games without crunch. Mm-hmm. I think it's for, like, games where people take their time are significantly better. Mm-hmm. Significant, no one works better when they're stressed out or uh, just burning the candle at both ends. I, yeah, no. It, it's, yeah, listen, I, and I, I think a lot of that, like, you know, obviously just comes from, like, the culture of game design. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, you know, and, like, I, I agree with you. I don't know that you get better work out of people for those, like, extra four hours a day or if they're just, like, well, well, Jack, miserably Jack, staying I, at the desk. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off there and call, do a brief call in Uh-oh. on you. But you were crunching 
on your own game. Well, I, I, so, so I, I did it to myself and I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I made a video game and I did a week of crunch and, um, it's not good. It's fucked up actually. It really <laughs> is. Un- it really is unhealthy. Like I was like trying to get something done and to be totally honest with you, I'll come back to it. But after doing a week of crunch, I have not touched it for three months. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's like, I've, I've like, I've, I've crunched with like projects I've make, made with like writing and stuff like that. And sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's exactly what you need. But I think writing work is quite different from yeah. Yeah. Re- like repetitive coding and texture yeah. work and things like that. Um, and writing. Running isn't a real job. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, but. I mean, but also, you know, I I will say that you know, in in the time that I did writing, like you do get diminishing returns. Like I wrote yeah, for the no. fucking Emmys, and they were like, we got to crack a joke, and everybody was there at 11 p.m., and we knew we had to be back at 5 a.m. And it's like no one's gonna crack this stupid fucking joke, and like we could come back tomorrow and look at it, but like you know, I guess we all gotta feel like we're working really hard and stay here for an extra half hour. Yeah, I should rephrase that. I mean, like writing. Most of my writing projects in the last five years, I've had like an incredible degree of autonomy. I, you know, uh, like I'm reported to people more or less, like someone else is publishing or whatever, but I'm, I've been very lucky to have like a large degree of autonomy. And of course, it's not my primary thing. But like, yeah, no, when I did Fighting in the Age of Loneliness, I did a lot of crunches where it would like just 18 hours straight right. of r- writing and research. But I've also done it the other way, where it's like I'm crunching for something where I more have to answer to somebody, and it's more of a job than that. Right. And it is diminishing returns. It's, you know, smoking the entire pack of cigarettes in 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. You don't want to touch it again. It ruins it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you are right. Uh, even even with all that said, writing is not a real job, and nobody should be respectful of writers <laughs> ever. Yeah. That's what that's my favorite thing to say because there's so much there's so much like funny like shitty relatable posts for writers now where it's like it's like uh, the the written word no one knows what it's like when you come up with it. And I, ju- I just think it's funny to be like. No, it's literally the easiest thing. To do. <laughs> you should never have a problem with it. I know, I know, it's harder than that. I know, but it is, right. it is, it is funny to upset people. Yeah. What can I say? What can yes. I say? Yeah, hey, it's funny to make people mad. That's like the whole point of like all discourse on the internet. Pretty much is like it's funny to watch people get pissed off. Can I read you guys the funniest fucking pissed off reply I've gotten? Please. Oh, please. Oh, please. Yeah. Yeah, I got this like last night, and I. Just fucking crying, laughing, because it's so good. Shut the fuck up. You post horrible shit posting garbage that makes me mad every day. <laughs> I open your, I open my phone, and I see your stupid profile picture. Whether it's shitty weed or you making a soy face, delete Twitter, act different. <laughs> I gotta say, I think they fucked you up, to be honest with you. I think they got you. I think they got your ass. They kind of did, and I, I, I love that one. Because, like, yeah, I obviously get people who, like, yell at me all the time. And, like, most of the time it's just, like, yeah, they're, like, trying to make a joke, but they're too pissed off at you. Or, like, making some, like, dumb moralizing point they don't actually believe in. But that's cool because, like, that's the emotion behind all of it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm not going to dress as, like, just act different. It's so fucking <laughs> – it's like, God bless you, man. I wish you could all be like that. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe the video game I've been playing the most during quarantine – 
2015 is Twitter. <laughs> and it, it is almost certainly, it is right now just a video game where everybody's like, no matter what happens, the point of the event is to come down, like on the right, make make the right dialogue option mm-hmm. with your pose, <laughs> yeah, to show which faction that you're most uh, agreeable. It's a to, Bioware just, game. It's a Bioware. <laughs> yeah, game is yeah, what it yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, know, you, you see if the if the tankies are mad at, at this, you uh, you criticize that, or you get the liberals pissed off at you, and now there's a a splinter of a splinter of a splinter of the left splintering out, and it's all, and it really just has completely no connection to anything mm-hmm. to do with the real world. More than ever, more than ever since Donald Trump has been gone, it's even less real somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I quit the MMO, and I really I'm a quitter, and I. And when I quit, I quit. Uh, um, I I want to mark it down here. Twitter ended when Donald Trump left. I didn't want to leave right then because all the conservatives were leaving. But why was everybody on this other than that the president was a shit poster and became the fucking president <laughs> from shit posting? Like he got banned. You know, everybody wanted to go to Parlor, and I'm like, I think the website is is a dead man walking at this point. Uh, um, and you know. Uh, but I, I'm glad to play other MMOs. I'm, I'll probably switch to WoW. I'll pro- <laughs> <laughs> there has been a precipitous drop in the quality of the average post since he left. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, in a combat sport, when there's a great champion, the meta gets better. <laughs> because you have to develop the meta to defeat the champion. And yeah, ever since he's been gone, it's... No, it's rough. It's rough. There's just been... It's a lot of like impression farming tweets as i call them where it's like do you know that guy eric alper <laughs> like, i don't know if i recognize well, the name no he's he's you may not recognize the name but if you saw the avi or like oh, okay. the post yeah, you yeah. Would definitely I know him it. yeah because he like all his tweets are like just the most like insane <laughs> like boring fucking quote tweet made right. where what's, the, what's, something, what's something you own a ridiculous amount of is yeah, one today yeah. that's insane which is like, for a million dollars in universal health care yeah it's, it's, it, it, exactly exactly it's things like like i've literally seen him post ones where it's like what's a song you have an emotion towards? <laughs> it's like he fucking loves getting and that's what everyone is like now this it's is like it, it, it reads like an ai trying to learn about humans you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's like um when i was uh, in middle school and they make me take those like social st- skills classes and they were like emma if you ask somebody a question about themselves that can help them talk to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's been brutal there and you know i do have to say that I, I i'm not impressed with the first you know couple weeks of biden's presidency but one of the worst you know elements so far is the posting is so much worse the the Biden administration's posts are, you know, so much worse than Trump's. Uh, and if this is going to be, you know, our uh, the leader of this website, uh, I, I don't think I don't think there's a good future for it. The liberals are really bad, too. I thought they would all God calm damn. down. I thought they would be happy, but they're not. They're mad. They're yeah. mad. And I, I mentioned this on Twitter, but uh, Matt Christman had said basically like back, I think in like 2017, and he was like, the MAGA people are angry because they got everything they want except for respect. And that is exactly what's happening to the mm-hmm. liberals now. Oh, yeah, no one yeah. will respect them, and the left people are just like, "LOL, nice dogs, Biden's. Where's my fucking check?" And they get so mad. They get actually so the dogs mad. are nice. The dogs yeah. are quite nice, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I like it, it's 
and the like the posts that they are making for Biden are so fucking like it'll be like a, a video of him and Kamala slow motion walking through a with hallway. no music with no music yeah, yeah and it'll just be like <laughs> one one week it's like they think it's like using the voice of Biden to be profound but it's just like oh those are the only two words that Biden can hold in his head right now <laughs> that's what it seems like to me like it just it's very grim stuff I this thing this period has been reminding me the most of is like 2012 Twitter like when it was like every like every cop starts breakdancing Twitter yeah when every guy was like guys follow Kelly Oxford she's the funniest woman of all time and I don't know anything about her I don't know if she's good or bad but I just thought that was funny it just went all all like everyone who where it was like their bio was like you know executive VP at fucking DreamWorks and it's like I hope my daughter grows up to be like Kelly Oxford <laughs> it's like you are the horniest I've ever seen anyone you're right 2012 Twitter was really about blue check marked Hollywood guys hornily building up young women uh, like yeah. hornily and wokely building up young women writers yeah and it was like yeah it was a grim era because it was like Every a few people were sort of picked out of the ruins to you know become screenwriters, uh, and their lives actually. I, I know one of them actually, and um, she did that, and then uh, basically got like pushed out. It's like she was actually too young. She was actually too young to be put in writers' rooms, and they were like, yeah. "Wow, she's like young. She's really young." And they put her in writers' rooms, and they were like, mm, "She's not quite good enough." And it's like, well, maybe you should have let her like become a writer first. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. rather than just try to be like, "We hired her." Like that. This isn't this cool for the show. Or something yeah yeah and it was a grim era and like you know it affected the meta game because people saw who got you know would win the lottery of tv writer and they would adjust their posts to be like that and so you got the shittiest fucking line break posts ever and when a guy would go what was 2012 viral like 100 retweets they would just move to LA, sight unseen, <laughs> and they would dwell there. And they were like lost souls in the valley. It, it was a, it was oh, a dark, it was a dark time. It was a dark time, and I think perhaps we're heading back there. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because back in that time, you know, I was working at Funny or Die and some of these like guys would come on little tours around Funny or Die and, you know, Funny or Die was working with the with the Obama White House and that's what got them on the map. By the way, this is the funniest thing to me is that the guy who they brought in at Funny or Die, Brad Jenkins, who was a White House guy and got basically booked them uh, uh, Obama, he gave me a tour of the White House when I, when, when I was, I mean, whatever, like I hadn't paid my taxes in two years and I was like, they're not going <laughs> to let me in the White House or whatever. <laughs> but I got to like go walk through the White House with this guy Brad Jenkins. He ended up starting a lobbying company where for Funny or Die there, like Funny or Die DC. And I just saw him uh, in the news last month. He is starting a production company with Mina Harris. Oh, <laughs> they! Uh, I cannot wait to see what fucking bullshit they make. Phenomenal productions. Keep an eye out oh, for phenomenal God, that, productions. They're gonna make the worst shit of all time. God damn! When I saw that article, I was like, "Wow, they're really all back in charge." 
Like it's the guy, it's the pod save boys back in charge again. It is. We're kind of resurfacing into this weird, like liberal, like world of the Obama era. Josh Whedon has a new show coming out. Like, oh yeah, he fucking does. <laughs> he did get fired from it though. He did technically. They took his name off it, but yeah, he does mm-hmm. have a new one out. <laughs> Whedon's a funny one because I I knew one of those very hot young checkmark uh, uh, Twitter people, and I ran into her one time, and she was like, "Oh, I like Josh Whedon DM'd me, and now I'm like house sitting his house." House. And I was like, that's strange, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh Whedon, he was the king of that in like 2011, yep. 2012. Like, like a woman would tell a joke, like just like a regular joke you'd see on Twitter. And he'd be like, um, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be Samantha Smuckers. Yes. This, this. <laughs> like, just blow them the fuck up. And, yeah. This sunburned bald man, 45 yeah. years old. I'd like to be like her someday. Yeah. He, yeah, he's, um, this is a dark entity, mm-hmm. Mr. Whedon. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I, I think we are sort of headed back to that. I, you know, a lot of people, um, they've gotten mad at me. I feel like Biden. You know, I have my own two thousand dollar checks because people are like, "Oh, wasn't wasn't this like um sort of like liberal hysteria gonna go away after Biden won?" It's like I'm like, give it two weeks, <laughs> give it a year, <laughs> give it a fucking year, because I do think my longer form prediction is that the resurgence of a sort of like less didactic and triumphant liberal culture. It will be so shitty that it will engender a huge backlash. That is my opinion. That is my long-form prediction. I do think we're in for an era where it's like there are a billion shows created out of ephemera on sort of liberal or slash comedy Twitter that are the worst things anyone has ever seen. And even like American audience who just passively are so pliant, they just passively accept all the crap that uh, we're given. Even for them, it will be too awful. And it will, there will be some splintering, and then there will be more movies with Mel Gibson, probably. <laughs> he's a good director. You know, I don't know what to say. Sadly, he's a good director. Uh, um, I also think that they were coasting for such a long time on being reactive to Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, yeah. People have been doing such like talentless fucking drivel for so many years, but been able to like pull out clapter and stuff like that by being like, and guess what? Like I stand against the most powerful guy in the fucking country. How about that? Everybody. Um, and I don't know. I feel like maybe without Trump armor, uh, we're going to notice that every TV show and movie sucks, but probably it, not. Is, <laughs> it is like one of the worst eras for comedy that I've ever lived in. It is incredibly dire stuff out there. I, but I mean, we'll see where we go. I think we're headed in a quite weird directions. One of the reasons for this long form, uh, long form prediction I have is because of how weird the politics of much younger people are and are going to be. I mean, you guys saw that poll where it's like a shockingly high amount of 18 to 29 year olds have a positive opinion of QAnon. Yep. And also a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, like college graduates. Like that was the yeah. funny thing. And by the way, the Democrats, the DCCC has announced that what they're planning on running on in 2022 is not, is being not Q. Like they made, they officially announced that they're like, what we're running on is like that you 
you can't that the Republicans are the party of Q and you can't be the party of college educated people and also the party of Q. And I'm like, well, the polls actually don't show that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The polls don't show that. Um, a lot of people actually like Q. Um, and yeah, so I think the plan is to run on nothing other than we're not Q. You saw today, you know, Nancy Pelosi released a press statement about fucking Kevin McCarthy and called him QCA instead of RCA or whatever. Uh, very cute. The, the college education thing is such bullshit, though, because remember, like, um, that was there were some pharmacists who like d- intentionally like yeah. sabotage a bunch of COVID vaccines. Yeah, yeah. I, I googled it. I googled it, and you have to be in school a very long time to be a pharmacist. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, well, in so fact, has- actually, you know, honestly, <laughs> I think that like people who are more educated. I don't think uneducated people are likely to be like d- diving deep into conspiracy theories. You know what I mean? I think it is more educated people that are like, hmm, what's going on here? And like, why does the world seem like the way it isn't, uh, that way that doesn't work and like wanting to make sense of things? I feel like uneducated people are just like, I mean, I don't know, but I think they're just like, whatever. I think they ranked highest for like, no opinion, don't care about Q. Yeah. Uneducated people and more down- downwardly mobile people. Well, the difference is usually the conspiracies they believe in are essentially true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, like, you know, QAnon itself probably lasted so long. And I mean, it's still going on because it's a really fun video game, too. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I think it's way more fun than Twitter. Like, if you could, you know, go back, would you rather get on Twitter or get on Q? four years ago like seriously <laughs> knowing what you know now like 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 just to be on man the ground i could have parody this is just a joke you went to the capital that could have been maybe <laughs> fun as a joke not for real <laughs> so i i don't know how you're gonna take people's favorite video game away from them unless you're gonna put out something better a new, a Q new- is a video game like twitter and it's a it, it only uh, only except twitter has had less like impact in the real world like Q has uh, uh, yeah. actually like affected things. People on Twitter just like to like yell about real things and then do nothing about it. It's more fun to yell about fake shit and get out there <laughs> and do something. Yeah. <laughs> I think like you know, I think we have a less competent NWO than we've had in a while. Um, I was thinking about in the golden age if we were given a prime Dulles Brothers or uh, Ingleton. Uh, they would like look at Q and be like, "Oh, this is because like every movie and show sucks. <laughs> we have to like we have to like make them good again so people don't go insane." But because it's like our current NWO, where it's all like Pete Buttigieg's, they're like, "Well, oh, like we should make more Lily Singh shows. <laughs> we'll get rid of Q. <laughs> we should make a million more books where it's like some journalists like." Read posts for like three months and was like, I'm an extremism expert. Oh my god, <laughs> those are the shittiest fucking. That's one of the worst developments of Trump. <laughs> Just like the people who are like, yeah, here, uh, here's my book that I got four hundred thousand dollars for. Uh, it's called 4chan, the place where the scary posts are. I went to the bad website for this book. <laughs> Yeah, you won't believe the dangerous places I went to. I went to a website like the place. <laughs> I want to write a book like that, but it's like I went to GoDaddy. <laughs> I watched like the uncensored wow. ads on GoDaddy. 
so Jack, uh, we're talking about conspiracy theories, and there's a video game that you're playing uh, that's essentially about a conspiracy theory that is true. The uh, Hitman Three, uh, the the final chapter in the hit uh, the new Hitman series, which for people who don't know, is basically uh, changes the Hitman story to where like the bag the ultimate bad guys are all the rich assholes who rule the world and are deliberately like allowing climate change to happen because they have like bunkers built yeah. and it's, it's about like the your Illuminati. job to take them all yeah it's, and it's your job to take so, them all down so how's part so three? i'm not actually into three yet i have to be honest leslie uh, because i didn't beat one and two when they came out ah. so what the hitman games do because they originally released as episodic they released all the levels from hitman one and hitman two in hitman three so it's like I've been playing through the campaign of Hitman One and Two with Hitman Three graphics. So it's like I've I've been playing I've been playing one and two. I'm almost finished with two. But I gotta be honest with you, the Hitman series fucking kicks ass. I mean, it's like actually some of the best. Like I think it's, I love I love stealth gameplay. Uh, uh, I like not killing people. It's more fun to sneak around and stuff like that. And you know, I think maybe since Metal Gear, this is kind of like the since since Phantom Pain, and it actually reminds me a little bit of Phantom Pain in the sense that like you know it is kind of an open world game uh it's weird it's like every level is a little sandbox there's multiple ways to do every hit um and so yeah it's kind of these little sandbox open world levels um where you basically get to like figure out ways to kill super rich people um it's kind of goofy it's not like doesn't take itself too seriously um but it's also just got like a very cool story and you know I, you know, it, all these areas are really well designed and feel really like sort of dense and complex. Uh, I was playing the one of Mumbai today and I was like, this is kind of kicks ass to be going through like the slums of Mumbai in a video game. I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I do have to re recommend the Hitman games. And uh, yeah, I think this Hitman 3 is very cool. Um, you know, with uh, Hitman 3 feels very much like this is like the Metal Gear HD collection or something because it's like the whole trilogy is in this hitman 3 if you get the the dlc uh that sounds i mean i have been really wanting a new splinter cell game so maybe i'll pick that up too yeah it's a little it's great. a little less like it's a little less like you know army stealth it's more like james bond stealth you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. mixing into crowds wearing outfits and shit it, it's great i like it a lot uh Oh yeah, if you uh if you're looking for Splinter Cell, it's a pretty pretty decent uh substitute. I pl I played through uh, the first two, absolutely loved them, and I also love that they do these like little special missions that you only have a week to do, and you only have one shot to do them. There was a mission where you had to kill Sean Bean, like uh, like the actor, <laughs> like they, and like you can only do it one time. If you fuck up, that's it. You get locked out of it. But I was able to successfully yeah. uh, uh get his ass in that one. Wow. Yeah, no, Hitman kicks ass also because, you know, you're not, it's not, it's a single player game, but it's one that you're meant to play like a bunch of times. And there's like a ton of different ways to do it. And, you know, uh, I've like played, you know, Sapienza, the level in the first game is just like an all timer, well designed level. And I just will, you know, even I'm, is, as I'm into the second one, I find myself wanting to go back to Sapienza and do those uh, kills again. Wow. All right. I will reinstall Epic Game Store to get this. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's only on Epic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Felix, you mentioned Splinter Cell. I, I, I'm, I, I've never talked to you about it before, but I'm, I loved those games. Me too. Uh, back in the day, they were. I, 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 I think I, I played through every single one, and even the newer ones, people kind of weren't so into. I still get a lot of enjoyment out of just because, especially the last one where you could do co-op missions. Me and my partner. I don't know if we would be married today if we didn't do <laughs> those co-op missions uh, together because there's some where it's like if you if if you even get spotted one time you have to start over and we were able to get through it and my uh, my partner was a very new gamer at the time so that was quite the uh, bonding experience i i yeah i the new ones like i played uh what's it called the uh conviction the one after that and i like them i like them a lot but i just like i would i replayed chaos theory a few months ago and it's like the problem with the newer ones like i still i like the atmosphere i think a lot of the old splinter cell most of it's still there but i just sort of i don't know i missed there's a certain thing i can't quite put my finger on that makes chaos theory and pandora tomorrow better to me it might just be the thing i don't like about the newer ones the most two recent ones is like that thing you can do it is cool it is cool when you can do this but where you mark like four guys in a room and kill yeah. all of them, like that's cool to do. But I wish you like you kind of always are able to do it. It's pretty easy to refill, and it like makes some things too easy. Like I don't know. Do you remember with Chaos Theory? You like? Do you remember the DPRK level? Uh, no, I haven't played it in a minute. But uh, we, uh, you're in North, you're in North Korea. Yeah, someone basically false flags the Korean War restarting. <laughs> And you have to like. Oh, I yeah. love you Tom to, Clancy like, plots, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. awesome. And that, <laughs> that game is such like it's such a good time capsule of like a type of like liberalism in 2004, where it's like, um, like global empires, like whatever, but like w- like private military contractors are what's bad. Like, and it, where it's like they're right about one thing being bad, but it's like, wait, can you like look at the entire thing here? <laughs> God, that was a minute where North Korea was the bad guy in all of our video games. What was the one where they they take over home home front or something? Yeah, home front. Yeah. Yeah, there was ton. There's several and um, crisis as well. The event of villains <laughs> besides the aliens were uh, like a super advanced, technologically advanced uh, North North Korea. I, I just wonder, like, who is going to be the video game bad guy of Biden culture, though? Oof. I would just Myanmar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be China because, like, like. It they, can't be. They they, ha- they have to sell those Marvel movies right, in China, right. so it's like that's not going to happen. But I mean, Russia's the easy choice here. But I think I think like Russia's like the simple choice. That's what you do if you're like a a sort of entry to moderate skilled Hollywood hack. But if you're like really you're really geared up, you're playing on New Game Plus. <laughs> you're like Don Simpson reincarnated. You uh, what you do is like. You fight against like a fake news network with like extremism. <laughs> it's gonna be so much fucking bullshit like that. It sucks. Yeah, I can see. I can see the sort of Venezuela uh, villain oh, yeah. staying. I also just because like you know the uh, it's it's a it's a. 
you know, it's a, it's a four quadrant fear, the fear of Central America and South America. You know, uh, uh, I could see that one continuing. Um, also, just because Russia feels so Trump era, it feels like the, the general yeah. feeling is that Russia's defeated now that their, um, you know, uh, uh, agent president uh, uh, has been defeated. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it is going to be like. It'll be like you fight like a Q analog, yeah, or something. That makes yeah, sense, something like that, or like honestly, just MAGA guys, like just yeah. like like the Capitol rioters, you know, vaguely like <laughs> hillbillies with red hats. Well, that's like I got really fucking like douched out when people kept saying insurrectionist, yeah, because it's like, yeah, I mean, I I guess they are, but it's like, man, you really like hearing yourself say that. Yeah, like, <laughs> God, that's so fucking lame. I was like, really, I was really at the first day, the first couple of days of that, I was like, this thing, I don't know, it doesn't. I, I really thought it didn't feel as serious as everybody was making it out to be. It obviously was scary footage and everything. And then everybody was like, but they fucking caved in the head of a police officer with a, you know, a fire extinguisher. And then it turns out today they're like, the guy didn't suffer any blunt force trauma. So I'm like, so what happened there? Like the people that died there are like the lady who was jump- jumping through the window and got shot in the neck by Secret Service. A couple cops committed suicide and another cop died of like not blunt force trauma. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like f- when I watched the live stream of it, it looked like a bunch of stupid ass fucking, you know, MAGA guys like walking around the inside of the Capitol. Like I watched it happen live. And like, while it was definitely crazy footage and you see the picture of the guy with like the zip ties and everything like that. uh I don't know. I think a lot has been made of it. Uh, and, you know, yeah, you're right. Like, people are very, very quick to be like, these are terrorists. And I'm like, okay, let's take a second here and think about what that term means when you say a terrorist. Uh- <laughs> yeah. And I don't like, I don't want to rehash that. Like, I said my opinion on it, but I just like, just the constant saying of insurrectionists. Like, at first, I thought it was like, oh, like they all think they're radical Republicans during Reconstruction. Like that's there's a lot of that on like sort of left lib the left lib media sphere where they all think they're like those guys and it's like yeah you'll probably succeed as much as them but but, there are people that think that like they're going to be re-educated or something and I'm like have fun out there everybody have a good time yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but like it just like now I sort of recognize it as like oh we need like. We need there to be like a scary enemy during Biden that's like incredibly defeatable. Yeah. Like it's the same thing I saw when like these liberals got their dicks hard when the Eamon Bundy thing happened <laughs> because it's like, oh, they like, they don't really give a shit, but it's like, it's a group of fucking losers who like could be wiped out in one afternoon by like any small town police forces tank. Right. Like, and it's like, oh, they just want the feeling of like, it's the equivalent of like invading Iraq because, you know, Afghanistan there, we couldn't possibly win there. It's like, oh, you just want like someone who you can build up and then like feel good about when you easily run them over. Like, yeah, no, I think the people at the Capitol are bad and they wanted to like institute some like authoritarian thing. I don't know how they thought they were going to do that. I think they thought if they like touched the flag, they would get some <laughs> fucking charm. Like they were clearly morons, yeah. but if they hope point A, B, and C for five minutes <laughs> yeah. consecutive, the meters will fill yeah. up. And then, yeah, uh, good news, guys. It. I got the mortal blade from Stanny Hoyer's desk. Uh, but it, it's like, yeah, no, like, I think they're bad, yeah. but, like, it, it's also, like, 
they just sort of like all killed themselves or like died from medical conditions while doing it. I'm not like, I'm sorry. I'm just like not that afraid of them. And it, because it's like everything else that you see that you can see as an enemy is like, it's too scary. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Biden's Biden's going to fight like, yeah. Steve Schwartzman or the fucking private equity industry in America. No, he's not. Biden's going to, yeah. Biden's going to take down fossil fuels. No, he's not. You can't possibly believe that. So it has to be like, Oh no, it's, it's the dumbest people alive who are actually very scary. Guess what? We are going to take care of Trumpism by arresting approximately 60 realtors and like guys (laughs) that own like motorcycle shops. Yeah. And I, like, I, I hate. Like, I hate this because, like, anytime you talk about it, you, people are like, do you realize that they thought they were going to overthrow an election? It's like, yeah. Do you think they were, like, going to be able to do that? Like, how can you walk me through that? They, like, they, it was like if you let a bunch of fucking wild boars loose in the Capitol. <laughs> like, it didn't look like they knew what the fuck they were doing. Well, speaking of animals, uh, Emma and Felix, I know you have a little bit of primate talking, uh, to do. So I'm just gonna let you have the yeah. floor before we close it out. Um, best primate. <sighs> This is a tough one. I'm going to go with orangutan. A couple of different reasons. Uh, Number one, just in terms of great apes, they're the most genetically diverse from us. And um, they're also objectively, and different primologists I'm sure will like throw down about this, they're basically the smartest (laughs) animal that's not us. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting too, um, they do studies at my zoo, uh, we actually have them, it's actually relevant to the discussion, we actually have them play video games. Uh, We actually have our orangutans play video games. And um, we're doing it to figure out memory, essentially. So the games are pretty simple. And what we've learned is they actually don't use their hippocampus for memory. They're using something else. Um, I don't know the details. I'm sure someone on the research team does. I'm just kind of relaying what I like to tell guests. Um, So really interesting. And also just interesting because um, they're the only great ape that's solitary. So in the wild, they live by themselves. Theories are just simply on an island. You just can't really have a big powwow with your orangutan buddies. Um, In zoo settings, they are pretty gregarious though and they hang out in groups um absolutely fascinating um one of the keepers told me once they're climbing structures we actually have to weld shut because their fingers are strong enough that they can dismantle the bolts they can just take Damn. the bolts and just <laughs> oh my um, God. open them up so i mean probably in terms of favorite primate i don't say orangutans but in terms of best primate um orangutans <laughs> <laughs> i um orangutan they in captivity they'll often befriend gibbons because they're both like Kind of chill. Like, Largibbons are, Largibbons are sort of like dramatic sometimes with their hand thing. And like, when they see like a mouse or something, they'll freak out a little bit, but they're not like super aggressive, especially not in captivity. Um, I don't know. This was a tough one for me. I guess I would kind of say like, I- I'm tied between Gibbons in general and gorillas. Like, I, I really love gorillas. I find them very personable. I, I I love like how sweet gorilla fathers are to their kids. Like they really gorilla babies can be like they're they're very hyperactive and like they're always like bothering the dad, but the dad seems to be very sweet and patient with them, uh very protective <laughs> of them. But I do like if I had to narrow it down in Gibbons I like it's tough because I love Siamang. Siamangs are the ones with the throat bubble. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, 
I mean, they're basically talking to each other. It's very sweet, but I don't know. I just the attitude and the the I Larkin seemed to love having fun, and that is I, I love them so much. They they look cool. They like they sort of they do funny stuff. And they're all, I don't know how smart they are. They're definitely not as smart as chimps or orangutans, but they represent a side of us <laughs> as people, I feel like. Uh, we don't have gibbons at my zoo, so now I'm curious. I'm going to look them up a little bit more about them. Um, little fun fact about gorilla fathers, though. Um, so they actually have done studies, and at least in the wild, gorilla fathers that um, are more intimate with their babies, they cuddle them, they play with them, they groom them. The ones that do that actually get more females. Um, the females actually are really, really into that. So I always get <laughs> mad. I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things, like, right, there's someone and they're like, man wears dress and sings Disney songs of child masculinities. <laughs> dying and i just look at these like male gorillas who are just <laughs> just getting so 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 much they're um, playing yeah. they're, they're playing with the tea set they're putting on the two <laughs> yeah. and they and also they only eat leaves they do i mean they eat other stuff but they don't they're vegan yeah they are completely vegan and um in terms of uh size they are the strongest vertebrate um so just yeah eat your vegetables <laughs> Have you ever seen that video of he's like a nature photographer and he's he's uh, observing a troop of gorillas and the two babies come by and like they're just fascinated with his camera and how it works and the dad is just like watching them and it's just kind of like yeah I know they can be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 amazing. Like I love the gorillas at our zoo. Each one has a completely different personality. We have a couple little ones and all their dynamics are like just completely different. Um, and it, it's wild because like I'll be at that deck for an hour and a family will come come by and like look at five minutes and be like make them come over and i say no and they leave uh but you stand there for like an hour and you just see their lives like um you were talking about like good video games and stuff you know like uh watching watching the gorillas that is the the ultimate video game (laughs) (laughs) what what games are the what games are the uh orangutans playing um it's a memory game so it was actually designed by our research team so basically what it is is they it's a little screen and the screen shows a picture of a sailboat then the sailboat goes away. Then it shows a picture of um, a rubber duck and a sailboat. If the orangutan hits the sailboat, they get a treat. Oh. But obviously, we can't. I mean, they're smart animals, and they have some comprehension of what you ask them. But they yeah. don't. You know, you can't explain to them that game. They have to figure it out through trial and error. Um, the, that was just the prototype. Now, what they'll do is they'll show one image and then show like ten images. Wow. Um, yeah, but like I so said, so these like, you're <laughs> training these orangutans to be like pretty good gamers at this point. You know, they're. they're <laughs> gaming yeah. at a high level one of my favorite yeah. moments was um alex patak was down here um back in 2019 um from from pod damn america and we i took him to the zoo and there's some poor like you know intern out like talking about this and she's like does anyone have any questions and patak just raises his hand and goes do the video games make the apes more violent <laughs> <laughs> um, i was just gonna ask on on you know apes and video games what do you think about elon musk said this week that uh, his Neuralink company put like wires oh, no. into an ape's head and that they could play no. video games with their brain and I truly was like I think the most weird thing about this is he's saying an ape can play Pong with their brain I'm like I don't actually 
actually think monkeys can like play Pong and understand how Pong would work or whatever. If he's using a rhesus macaque, then maybe they use them in a lot of lab stuff. But if he's using a literal ape, uh, that is illegal. Elon well, Musk, I don't sir, know. I, you I don't are you are going that. to jail, sir. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. I mean, I have whole things and issues with, like, ethics and how we, sure. we treat primates, essentially, because for a really long time in, like, the, you know, like, 50s and shit, we just did crazy shit. We just, like, stole baby chimps and just tried to raise them as humans, and then, like, obviously it can't be a human, and they would just drop it off at, like... All right, we'll toss it in know. the trash, then. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and this, um, I don't know, and there's a level, I think, um, of autonomy and respect that we're just now, very recently, I think, in the 21st century, like trying to give apes and they're not you know like people come in the zoo like oh look at the monkey Ooh, uh oh you want a banana and it's like it's just very infantilizing for this really complex animal that i think on par is like on par with us in terms of like if not intelligence like at least emotional capacity so i don't know i don't even know if he's doing it he looks like someone who'd be like lol monkey epic you know whatever so i don't know if he's doing this 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 poor ape it might be an epic purple monkey of some kind i don't know that the yeah the stuff people do with that like people will like post videos to, to me a lot of like you know will they put like a um a capuchin or something in an outfit and like they're serving drinks that always upsets me it's like no that's a deeply complex animal and mm-hmm. it's like you're just like terrifying it into being uh, into being a servant they they're upset no, it is. And I mean, like, obviously, I'm not going to go on Twitter and be like a fucking wolf school for everyone who posts it. But like, <laughs> like people like actually like, I mean, and I'm not talking like PETA shit. I mean, like people who work in conservation are like, don't share this weird shit because all it does is normalize that you can like put your lemur in a diaper and take it to the Denny's, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's that guy who has, I think he has a capuchin who always like gives him packages and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the videos are cute, but like, it's like. He's wearing. He doesn't want to be wearing a diaper and like living in a fucking suburban living room. Mm-hmm. Like that's not yeah. good for him. Like I don't know. It's it's it, it's it's upsetting. And like I I I am glad that gorillas are too intimidating for people to try that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah no I like they're all like yeah like you said it they're incredibly complex and they have like deep emotional and social worlds and like just to make them do people shit is awful yeah we shouldn't have to do all this fucking bullshit yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) well folks that was struggle session felix thank you so much for joining my absolute pleasure yeah where can people find you um well um i can sort of tease this a little bit now there is a project with me and matt coming out quite soon Oh, keep your eyes open for that, everyone. Wow, exciting. Right, cool, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, folks, thank you so much. Have a good Bye. one. Bye.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.